What's good, everybody? This is Fraternal Football. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. Welcome back. Another episode. Both of us here. Surviving. What's up, weather. everybody? It's freaking cold outside. Which means we got really good football. Maybe even Some, some somewhat. Snap. What was that? Somewhat. Maybe somewhat good football. Not lately. Did, did you see the... Uh, game at Seattle last week. I, it was halftime before I realized that was not in Chicago. It was wild. Was it snowing or what was going yeah, on? Yeah, it was like a freaking blizzard. Like the, It was snowing it was like in Seattle? Chicago. Yeah, it was like... Oh, wow. Really snowing. Wow. There was a lot of... You couldn't see the, the down markers like first half. I must admit, I missed that game. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you didn't miss a lot, just, just that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways... Two weeks left. It's really coming down to the wire. A lot of playoff spots open. Some being locked up. Congrats on the Cardinals to back, just backing into the playoffs somehow. Uh, you're in anyway. Anyways, week 17, got some picks. Okay, apparently there's no Thursday game, which means Zach went back and forth on like like five minutes before this because we were like, wait, what do you mean? There, there has to be one, you know? NFL.com yeah, yeah. says that there is no Thursday game this week. Bleacher Report corroborates that. Although we're also it is probably stupid and it, it is stupid. It glitches out, doesn't show me games. Well, no, we're time, so. I'm saying we're probably stupid and there probably never is a Thursday game on week 17. I mean, there wasn't last year, but it was also last week, so we figure okay, maybe they're just not the last two weeks now. So instead. they'd add one more. I, I don't know. All I know is that NFL.com says there is, there is not one this week. And if there is, go yell at NFL.com, not me, because I'll cry. <laughs> Anyways, first pick, Philadelphia at Washington. Philly's on a roll. Doesn't matter who they put in at quarterback. I'm rolling with the, the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to Philly, too. Um, I kind of like the wave they're flowing, and Washington's kind of imploding. Especially after last week. 56. Them punching each other. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. It's just, just an emotion, you know? Uh, teammate <laughs> on teammate action is never good, man. <laughs> it's not, not the Riverboat Ron uh, club that we thought we knew. Uh, anyways, next pick. Rams at Baltimore. I'm going to continue to put respect on the Rams name. And I'm rolling on the bandwagon. We're going Rams. I think Baltimore is just kind of fumbling their way out of the playoffs some way, somehow. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens are just kind of injuries added up. And at this point, it's just kind of too late for them to salvage the season. Lamar has missed a lot of time, and he hasn't played that great. Huntley, he's okay. He's not going to get you into the playoffs. You know, the Rams... Matt Stafford throws three interceptions and they still win. Seems like this team can't even get off track if they wanted to. So I'm going Rams. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Tampa Bay at the Jets. It's kind of laughable. Then again, we have had premonitions on the show before referencing that Lions and Cardinals game. Uh, nonetheless, 
I will go Tampa. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Tom's going to shred the Jets just like he always has. I'm going Tampa. <laughs> Miami at Tennessee. Yeah, this could be the the gem of sneaky league. good matchup. Yeah, yeah, sneaky good. Like ten- Tennessee just kind of salvaged a, a necessary win. Uh, Might have locked up a playoff spot. Not sure. And Miami's just what seven straight now. They haven't lost eight, in two months right? or seven or eight. I think, yeah, it's, yeah, I think seven. it's seven. They yeah. they're eight and seven, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the hot hand. I'm gonna go Miami. Miami. I'm going yeah. Miami too. I think they're going to make it eight. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they ten- could just drive to the playoffs. Who knows? Tennessee's season effectively kind of ended when they lost Derrick Henry, and they made a good run to kind of keep their hopes alive, but we all knew at some point not having him was going to be a huge loss, and I think this is kind of the moment it sinks in for Tennessee. Either that or when they traveled to Foxborough in the second round or something. And they discover they need to run the ball. Jacksonville at New England. Not only is Bill good against rookies, we've seen this time and time and time and time and time and time again. But Jacksonville's a joke. I will say that every single week until they're not a joke, which means I'll be saying it probably indefinitely. But yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with New England. So to say it short. You know what? Just because of the year it's been with the wild upsets and just very unique games happening, I'm gonna say that the Jags somehow eke out a really tight win because their defense falls out and Mac Jones continues to slide. The Patriots are are cold. They're cold after a a blistering midseason. Predicting very close. Like Bills-Jags score earlier this year. I mean, Jacksonville kind of did it once. They could do it again. I think both offenses can be kind of bad at some points. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas at Indy. (laughs) I think I... I can't even remember if I picked the, the Browns or the Raiders, but I probably picked the Browns. And then last week I picked Denver, so I'm going to continue my trend uh, because I'll, I'll be right sooner or later. But also, if it's working, I'll, I'll stick to this uh, superstition of picking against my team and them winning. No matter what, I will take backup quarterback wins. At the end of the day, all we're going to look at is those, those two numbers with a dash in between. Just saying. Let's go Colts. Uh, I picked against you both weeks and picked the Raiders against the Browns and then against the Broncos. But uh, this week, I'm going to have to do the opposite. I just I can't pick the Raiders. Hey, 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 hey. Colts are... Uh, switch over. The Colts are... They're rolling, man. They might be the best team in the AFC right now. And I I don't see the Raiders being able to stop that. I think the Raiders kind of established a run last week, and it's something I wanted them to against Denver. And I said that would be a key. If we go back to that pod, I said that would be a key for them beating Denver last week. And that's what they did. But 
I don't see them establishing it before the Colts can. And then at that point, it's all catch up. And I think Indy's going to dominate. Yeah. Josh Jacobs was running angry. But, oh, know, yeah. Carson Wentz or not, because I know he's on the COVID list. He may or may not play. But they could probably stick Jonathan Taylor at quarterback. Run yeah, wildcat. Just run wildcat all game. Yeah. <laughs> Direct snaps. Yeah. Just shotgun it. KC at Cincy. Good matchup. Man, this this one this one could be fun. This one could be fun. Ah, yeah, I I'm pausing. So I'm I'm like really considering. I I could just see a an absolute shootout. But you know, I'm gonna go with the the proven commodity here. I'm gonna go with Kansas City just because I know the Bengals have matured a lot, but they, they're still a little green around the edges. They, they stumble. This might be a stumble. Yeah. I was thinking about it, and I really want to choose the Bengals, but, man, that Ravens team was pretty depleted. And Burrow term part, it's not anything to laugh at or scoff at, you know. It's an accomplishment, but this Kansas City defense has been playing very well. And the experience they have, I think they'll get the job done. I'm going to go KC. The Giants at Chicago. This game's a joke. <laughs> Nonetheless, I will pick Chicago because of that brilliant two-point attempt to win the <laughs> no, game yeah. last week that nobody watched because who wants to watch that game? I'm Yeah, yeah Chicago, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go Chicago. I don't even know what the hell's going on in New York. Mike Glenn and Jake from whoever. It's, they've been like the least watchable team this year, in my opinion. At least the Jets and the Jags got interesting QBs and nothing interesting over in New York on the Giants side. So I'm going to go Chicago. Atlanta at Buffalo. Buffalo. Will still not pick the Falcons, even though they won last week. And I said I couldn't pick them. Still not gonna. So I, I think they're uh, they're a bend and eventually break kind of team. And Buffalo's not. I I am actually gonna go with Atlanta here. You know, Atlanta's been pretty scrappy, and they've beaten those teams they should have. And Buffalo's kind of they've let teams kind of dictate the matchup. Even like the Jacksonville Jaguars, like we mentioned earlier, they kind of own the Bills in that little window of time. And I think Atlanta can do something similar. They don't have to, they're better than the Jaguars. That's all I'm saying. I'm going Houston, Houston at San Francisco. Uh, it looks like the 49ers have kind of cooled off, and Houston just put up a 40 burger on the Chargers. Nonetheless, will they keep it two weeks running? What are they, 2-11, and 11, something like that? I don't think so. 49ers in probably one that will look a little closer than it is. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I think last week's dominating win over uh, L.A. was kind of an aberration. Houston's defense is pretty good. I think they got a uh, Levy Smith back there, right? If I'm not mistaken, coaching that I think defense. So. They're they're well coached. He's a veteran coach. He knows what he's doing, man. But I'm gonna take 
Kyle Shanahan's Niners. I think they're just going to pound the shit out of the Texans, dude. And they don't have the front seven to withstand that attack. I think Niners probably going to dominate this game. Denver at the Chargers. This one, I think, will be a emotional win for the Chargers because not only did they get kind of embarrassed last week by a really scrappy but just, frankly, not very great Texans team, but they also got kind of pummeled by Patrick Sertan alone like the last time they played, and I don't see that happening. I think the Chargers take it probably by 10. I'm going to go L.A. Uh, if Drew Locke's playing, definitely. If Teddy's playing, it could probably be a closer game. But I don't know. I think Chargers just have too much firepower on offense, and there's just too many guys on defense. When you look at Denver, their defense is good, but that offense can't really keep up. So we'll go L.A. Carolina at New Orleans. I'm going to go against the tide here. I'm going to go Panthers. Just, I don't, I'm not even going to pay attention who they're throwing back under center, whether it's Cam or whether it's whomever. Sam Darnold, you know, PJ Walker, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to bet that they pull something off this week. Just kind of hoping. I have a theory about what the Panthers are doing. I think their owner, David Tepper, is so aggressive and he wants a franchise quarterback so bad that we keep pulling our quarterbacks and rotating them out of games so that we get our ass pummeled and we get a very high draft pick. So if you look at the standings this year, there's very few five and six win teams. So the Panthers actually right now sit at the fourth pick, fourth, fifth range. And depending on how the weeks play out, we can be as high as maybe even third in the draft by the end of the season. So I have a feeling we're trying to tank on purpose. Tank for Kenny? I don't know who. I don't I think it's more for draft position and leverage oh, to yeah, get the that... top quarterback because I think the top two picks are going to be pass rushers. And then Could I be think brilliant. that third – dude, I think that third and fourth spot are going to be the most pivotal for quarterback. I have a feeling – just with how aggressive that owner is, he gave the okay. And that's kind of – because there's no other reason. They're legitimately running a two-quarterback system, and it yeah. doesn't look good. Like, I keep seeing articles. They're like, oh, Cam might not start this week. Sam Darnold might. Oh, wait, Cam's taking snaps. Oh, wait, PG Wa- PJ Walker's still here. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I think you might have something. Yeah. That... So, I'm going Saints. You could just pull a, a a pretty good haul at that point, too. So maybe. Yeah, I'm going Saints. Detroit at Seattle. Uh, does Seattle have anything to play for? I feel like Detroit has more skin in the game at this point, even though like they just can't lose, right? I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll give them another benefit of the doubt. They, they just won't quit. And I think Seattle's a lot closer to quitting. So Detroit. You know, Detroit winning actually helps Panthers draft position. Um, I actually think Seattle losing might also help Panthers draft position. So whichever team 
helps the Panthers get a higher draft pick by losing. That is the team I want to win this game, whether that be the Lions or Seahawks, because either way, I will most likely watch this game for a minute or two. I believe it will kind of equalize if the Lions win, at least. I because then they would have a <laughs> they would be closer to the Panthers record, and then so would the Seahawks. Whichever way. I predict a tie because that would just absolutely not affect the Panthers in any way. <laughs> All right. Arizona at Dallas. It's really hard to pick Arizona right now. Just it's not looking great. They kind of fell on their ass into the postseason. Uh, just kind of got pushed in by another team. So I I just have to go with Dallas. I don't know if 56 points last week means that they're going to go on a rampage now, but could be. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the Cardinals right now. Uh, dude, um, I'm definitely going Dallas. They're at Jerry World. Definitely, man. The Cardinals are on a skid. I think Kyler kind of can't take the physicality toward the end of the season. I'm sure he's hearing the noise, too, about it. I'm sure he's frustrated, and it it looks like it on the field. They're playing frustrated football, if I've seen it. And at least on the Cowboys' end, they kind of got their ass turned around after a little uh, lull last couple weeks. I'm going Dallas. Yeah, maybe it was uh, that Mike McCarthy guaranteed win versus Washington that, that actually did the trick somehow. I don't know uh, why he's out there guaranteeing wins, but... Hey, <laughs> did everything in his power not to get that win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it seemed like it, and man, that could have that would have been funny had they not. You know. But you know, Mike Mike McCarthy's doing some. Minnesota at Green Bay. I feel like Minnesota might have a shot in this one. Do the Panthers, the Panthers kind of, or Panthers, Packers need like one more win to secure the number one, right? Probably. I believe uh, right now they are the best record in, in the NFC. Yeah, but it's by like a, they're like one game up on the Bucks, right? Yeah, yeah they I'll, haven't, I'll, I'll they haven't officially here. clinched. I'll, I'll pick the, the Pack because I don't like trusting Minnesota to like not only get it done, but like basic things like holding a lead or, you know, just if you're blowing out a team, not letting them come back by like twenty something points in like a second half, it's it's like it's like trusting a a freaking a tin roof in a hurricane. I don't know. So, Green Bay, like big time. Uh, we're gonna have a topic later that's gonna dive into why I'm gonna make the decision I'm making on this pick, mm-hmm. but I'm going Minnesota. I think they're actually going to sweep the Packers this year because Minnesota has played everyone scrappy. Every single team this season, Minnesota has pretty much been in the game, at least the majority of the game. There's not been too many lopsided wins or losses in their favor or against, and especially it being a divisional matchup and them getting that big win over Green Bay earlier in the year. This is really the breaking point for Minnesota. Mike Zimmer's job probably depends on this one game right here. If they lose this game, he's fired. If they win this game, I can guarantee you Mike Zimmer returns for another year. 
I, I, I agree with that. He's been he's been close. I'm I'm looking through their schedule and okay, one. So far, there's yeah every single game except for one one game has been a single has been decided by one score. Every single That's game. Minnesota. Yeah, like like actually every single game. <laughs> Which is astonishing. I don't. I don't know if that's ever been done, but maybe someone could do a deep dive on that. But, They're scrappy, wow. man. Yeah. The last game Monday night, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I I don't I don't know, like no no real playoff implications here, unless you're a Pittsburgh fan just kind of clinging on the edge here. This game might get a little nasty. That 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 might be your best hope, but I I guess I guess I'll go Pittsburgh, just because they they might be salvaging face a little bit. Browns probably just can't. I'm going Cleveland, because I think Baker Mayfield's just gonna have two pretty good to great games to end the year, and it's gonna give Browns fans hope. And you know what's gonna happen? A big contract might be coming their way. And then they're going to be locked into Baker Hell for the next five to six years. And all because he's going to start on a roll this game. I think Baker's going to have a good day against Pittsburgh. I think the four interception day, almost five against Packers last week, and they almost won. Baker, like I said earlier with Dak, tried to do everything not to win that game, and they almost had it. Pittsburgh's kind of, man, you just can't depend on Ben not even a little bit. And with how bad Baker's been playing, I still have more faith in Baker. So I'm going Browns. What's good, guys? Uh, we kind of had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, so this is being recorded in two parts. But yeah. I talked a little bit during our picks about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and their point differential. And I just, I, I like this narrative. I think it's kind of a deep dive stat that I've been heard tossed around on Fox Sports from a different few different guys, you know, Doug Gottlieb. Um, I think it was Jason McIntyre filling in for Dan Patrick. But the Packers only have 59 point differential this season, including two blowout wins versus Chicago. So that, to me, that just screams they don't have a, large margin for error and i i don't think they're really the runaway in the nfc this year what do you think Ken? you know and I, I i like that and i like that deep dive and you know that that could be a dagger in the end but yeah i i also on the other hand i lean more towards um like advanced stats are kind of cool but i don't i don't rely on them uh, I was at uh, that thing on Twitter with the the Broncos. Uh, they had like all these uh, crazy like, oh, they're like top ten in this and whatever. And I was like, uh, but they don't score more points than the other team is why they aren't good. Because uh, when it comes down to that, yeah, um, or when it comes down to it, that that's really it. But it it might be. I think that Packers stat might at least be an indication that. They shouldn't rest on their laurels 
and uh, I, I don't think they're a runway either, but I think the only real threats they have is the injury-depleted Bucks, but which have Tom Brady, so you can't really count them out. And uh, who's the other team? Um, maybe the Rams? Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. What's the other, what's the other contender in, in the NFC? The, uh, not the Cardinals. Ah, it's it, it's eluding me, but I don't I don't think they're runaways, either. It's those three. Yeah, what what what's the number two seed? The Cowboys. It it's been Are shifting. They the two so. seed? It's I been shifting the a lot. That ah, man, that's that's gonna kill me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think that's a yes, uh, a good a good dive, honestly, but. Might be more of an indicator than a, a fatal shot, so to speak. I, I'm not, you know, it's a, the advanced stats have a place in the in the new league, and I think this this could be a a sign of things to come. We'll see. Anyways, we have also uh, speaking of signs of things to come, we got coaches coming up. We got guys probably getting fired. Mike Zimmer, see, it's getting a little warmer. Anyways. We have our top five upcoming NFL head coach candidates, and this is partly on speculation. We don't know if guys are actually going to move, uh, but we have guys who could fill vacant roles and who may be good for certain places. And yeah, my my first one is is Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator, and. What I'm really going at here is the development of Josh Allen, which I think everyone else probably is hammered away at too. Especially on Twitter, I've been seeing that. But he's he's kind of the the hot the hot number coming up, and you know I'll I'll give him credit. I mean Josh Allen is pretty rough, so hey, he's my number one guy. Yeah, my number one guy. I gotta go with Todd Bowles. Uh, he's won as a head coach in the NFL with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Eric Decker, and Brandon Marshall back with the Jets. They've made the playoffs, and he, I, I think he's a good coach. I think he is who truly won the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. You know that that defensive game plan was legit. And Wallet. despite the injuries they've gone through this year, you know, he's kept that defense on track. And we all know the Bucks offense is their strong suit, but that defense isn't any joke, and it's because Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. He might be in line to take over Tampa when Arians retires. That that seems likely to me, but, I, man, a, a team should go out there and hit up Todd Bowles because, you know, I think, honestly, he's probably the best candidate out there right now. Yeah, and that's why he's my number two. <laughs> I I oh, think he gosh. didn't get enough credit in New York. That's a tough place to win. Uh, dysfunction, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. and Todd Todd Bowles is legit. Like that that defense, even injury depleted, they they still fight and they got guys. And he rounds everybody together, keeps everyone in in line, and. 
he just seems stable. Like he seems like one of those guys that, like, if if you need a stable guy, uh, that's who you're calling. And also, yeah, that perfect Super Bowl, uh, play like or game plan, just just flawless. I I like one of the best in in history and. Yeah, they've they've weathered adversity, so he he's my number two and pretty close to Brian Dable. Yeah, and uh, number two, I got Brian Dable. Okay, a lot of the things you said with uh, the development of Josh Allen, you know, you can. It's not hard to make the leap in comparison between Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen in terms of like physical stature, size, arm strength. You know. Trevor's a hell of a prospect, 6'6", like a 4'6", Yeah, I mean, you know the drill, and the comparison that way, uh, that way is there. I, th- I don't know if Jacksonville's really the spot to bring in an offensive coach that doesn't have a long track record in the league because it's not really a place that's going to attract free agents. So unless they're drafting really well, and I know they're bringing back Trent Balky, so mm. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> highest on that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I think Dable has a lot to offer a team. Maybe not necessarily Jacksonville, but there's other teams out there that could be looking for a coach. Maybe Minnesota. Who knows if Kirk Cousins is uh, gonna stay there or. Maybe they'll take a shot on Kellen Mond, that third-round pick from last year. Who knows? You know, like they, there's options around the league. People just gotta gotta be patient. Yeah, I think uh, not not to poke fun at Jacksonville, but I'm gonna poke fun at Jacksonville. I think they should be. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how much they have to offer to anybody else. Like like it's kind of flipped for them. Not what can you offer me? It's what can I offer you? Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, speaking of someone I think can offer a lot on the offensive side, I'm going to go with Kellen Morris, my third. I, I flip flopped him with my fourth guy just because I think he's more of a proven guy or at least someone who's easier to analyze play calling wise because, you know, he doesn't have Tom Brady as quarterback. But, you know, the Cowboys offense has been fucking flying, like, at some points this season. Like, just absolutely just manhandling guys. And I think Kellen Moore deserves a lot of credit for that. I think that if the Cowboys don't lock that bad boy up, someone else will. And they'll be stuck with Mike McCarthy, who does nothing. So someone's going to swoop up Kellen Moore like a hot commodity. And... Yeah, I. the only con maybe is that the offense has struggled at times, but honestly, I don't think it's play calling. I think it's just Dak. I, I think he just went through a rough stretch. So Kellen Moore, my number three guy. Easy. Uh, number three, I actually got Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, this was a guy I'd been hearing a lot about recently. For head coaching like opening specifically Jacksonville and I was like okay let me look into it 
found out he was Jacksonville's quarterbacks coach from 2015 and then the OC or 2015 to 2016 and the OC from 2016 to 2018. So he was the offense coordinator through Blake Bortles, through Nick mm -hmm. Foles and Gardner Minshew. I guess uh, the start of Gardner Minshew, mm. maybe the rookie year. Or that might have been the year before Gardner Minshew, even. And all I'm saying is there's not a lot of success there. And now with Aaron Rodgers, it, it's hard to truly evaluate an offense coordinator. I, I really have him here at third because of how hot a name he's been from what I've looked at, but I'm a little skeptical. You know, it's really, truly hard to evaluate a guy that has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time under center running his offense. Mm -hmm. And before that, you had Blake Bortles, who was a turnover machine. I mean, I'm not saying Blake Bortles... I'm not saying Blake Bortles is bad because the offense is bad. Blake Bortles is bad. Mm -hmm. But that's not saying much. You know, there's not a lot of success before a great, great quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you think, man? I'll, I have him on my list a little later on, but my fourth guy is kind of along that lines, uh, Byron Leftwich, OC of the Bucks, And there's a couple things I'm playing off here. One of them is that the coordinators of successful teams always tend to get picked up elsewhere because the NFL's copycat league. Others want to kind of leech off that success some way, somehow. And they're just going to take all your coordinators. And I think, you know, his name might come up. Maybe it hasn't so much yet, but it will eventually, especially if they win another Super Bowl. And I also think that, you know, it's hard to, as I alluded to earlier, it's hard to evaluate. And also that you alluded to, it's hard to evaluate someone that has had either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, a top flight guy. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the Peyton Manning scenario with, um, what was his name? The guy who was really awful. That coordinator. That when they they went to the Super Bowl and won it, then he made him look like really good, and then he went elsewhere and he went. Oh, Adam Gase. Adam, Adam Gase. Gase. Yeah, and then he went to the Jets, and we're like, man, he's terrible. <laughs> Peyton Manning carried all the load there. It like this, you know. It's kind of like a thousand. Well, the Dolphins. Yeah. But I, I, I think Byron Leftwich, I'm, I'm hinging on that he has some talent there and that he's actually pretty good. And, um, I mean, they've been humming. Maybe he does have some role in that, and it's not just Brady. We'll, we'll see at some point. And so that's – he's kind of my, my hot pick. Number four – Number four, I got Kellen Moore. Uh, the thing about Kellen Moore is the Cowboys kind of mold midway through the year. And 
I don't know. I it it's it's tough to evaluate Kellamore. There's a lot of studs on that Cowboys offense, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive line. When your offensive line is really good, the rest of the offense is gonna look really good. And to have a little with that stud offense, especially on the passing side, I don't know. I, I feel like this passing offense should have been a lot more explosive than it has been. Hmm. And now they're about to lose uh, one of these guys to free agency, Michael Gallup. I think he's going to go somewhere and get a decent amount of money mm-hmm. and be a good player somewhere else. But I don't know, man. Kellen Moore, something about him. I think the Cowboys should retain him. But outside of the Cowboys maybe promoting him to head coach and moving on from McCarthy, mm-hmm. I don't really know if another team should really take that gamble. I, he he feels like a homegrown product, really, in Dallas. And he, I don't know if that success will really translate somewhere else. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, oh, it is the Cowboys' number two seed, by the way. <laughs> Just look that up while you're talking. Yeah, uh, yeah I think the Packers have a good, good shot there. Uh, anyways, my number five is Hackett. Uh, also, maybe uh, worth mentioning, Raheem Morris, Rams, DC. You know, weathered the storm over there in Atlanta. Did a decent job. You know, we already saw Brandon Staley got picked up after a year, so fuck it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Hackett with tiebreaker just because, you know, he's, he's coming up and, you know, you keep hearing the same names and he's, he's doing well. He's doing well. If they if they win something, he he's definitely going somewhere. Like that that's my point is, <laughs> you know, you you do well, uh, you win a Super Bowl or you, you have some offensive success while you do it. And yeah, he's he's we're gonna we're gonna hear his name soon. Maybe uh, somewhere like Minnesota. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll we'll see how that Sunday night game goes this week. <laughs> I think me and Zach are in agreement that. It's kind of a must-win for Mike Zimmer here. Next, we got our rookie quarterback rankings. And keep in mind, this is predicated on two things. Their production now and their situation going forward. And also, you know, maybe a little, little speculation here and there. Uh, who do you have number one, Zach? No, you have a surprise pick here. Uh, this might shock people, but I'm going to go Trey Lance. Ooh. First and foremost, he is still the biggest mystery of the bunch because he's played the least. So there's more optimism around him, I'd say, than a lot of these guys because – even the best of the bunch, Mac Jones, has kind of been a little underwhelming compared to previous year's rookie QBs. Trey Lance still has that fresh optimism because we haven't really seen him play yet. I know Jimmy G's gotten hurt, so maybe Trey Lance is going to finish out the year. We might see something uh, toward the end of the year to look forward to. But uh, he is the best coach. Of these guys on this list, besides obviously Mac Jones, but Belichick's a lot older than Kyle Shanahan. 
So I, I fully expect Kyle Shanahan to be in the league longer than Belichick at this point going forward. So I'd say in the long run, Trey Lance has the best coach. And that team has done a very good job over the years retooling, drafting, and developing draft picks, especially in the defensive line. And they've done a very good job of finding gem guys late in drafts like Fred Warner, George Kittle. It's a team I fully expect to keep up the level of success that they're, they've had. Uh, so I definitely think that Trey Lance will have the easiest uh, path to success of these guys. What do you think? Uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna keep this one just a little short, just because, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot backing this. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence number one. I'm I'm going to hope and pray and hope and pray that sheer talent just overwhelms every other thing that could possibly go wrong, of which there are many when we're discussing the Jaguars, whether it be the organization, whether it be their lack of quality coaches, or their just lack of quality virtually anywhere, on the field, off the field, whatever. I, I, I'm just going to hope that the, the star shines a little brighter than, than, than the, the dark night there. <laughs> and that the talent trumps everything, as it often does in the NFL. Yeah, that's 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 my one. Uh, number two, I got Lawrence. Uh, similar reasons that you mentioned, but uh, another way to look at it is this team going has one of the highest cap room or available cap space in the league. Uh, not that they're a huge free agent market, but you can you can be really frugal and you can find deals and you can bring in guys at a, at a certain point, guys are going to play. If you pay them, if you have to overpay slightly to bring in good players then so be it, that's what you've got to do to surround a young quarterback. They have a chance at a clean slate here to start over with a young quarterback. And he has all the traits, six, six, four, six, big arm. I mean, he was this generational prospect for a reason. He has yeah. a clean slate around him. Mm -hmm. It's all about the pieces coming together. Yes, pretty, pretty, pretty pleased, Jacksonville. Just get this man, someone to throw to. Just one person to catch just those dimes he's been throwing. Because we, we see it. He, he makes some big-time throws, but he ain't got nobody to throw to, man. <laughs> and it sucks. He's probably just like... He's probably bummed. <laughs> Anyways, I got Mac Jones, number two. And this is because, aside from San Fran, I think being with the Patriots, at least for the time being, I don't know how long Bill's going to be there, but assuming he just takes the Brady approach and just keeps on going, I think Mac Jones is in an excellent situation they have josh mcdaniels to hold the hold down the fort even if bill leaves and i think that'll be enough at least you know you could do a lot worse so i i think uh he has arguably the best situation at least second 
at the worst. And he has less talent physical traits, as we've noted before. But you know what? They've kind of they've gotten it done. They're they're probably gonna make playoffs. They're gonna win. I think where they play some crappy team, Jacksonville or something. I I, I think they can get there. And Mac is good enough, and might take him a little time to develop. But that's why he's number two. Yeah, I got Mac number three. Um. A lot of things you said, especially the team success aspect of it, I think he'll probably have the most team success early on, long-term, especially when Bill's out of the picture, retired. I don't see a lot of physical upside for Mac Jones. I know I've kind of thought of him as more of a Kirk Cousins type, but after kind of doing more of a deep dive, I kind of, he reminds me a lot of Mac Castle. Matt Castle's a lot bigger. He was 6'5 or 6'4, 6'5. Pretty, pretty big guy, but in terms of the arm strength. And I mean, Matt Castle made a Pro Bowl. Let's not forget, Matt Castle led the Patriots to a 10 and 5 record with Tom Brady out with the torn ACL. Matt Castle wasn't a bad player by any means, especially as an undrafted player. I think. I don't know. Mac Jones' ceiling isn't the highest, and we knew that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He'll only ever be as good as the coaching and the talent around him, and we mm-hmm. knew that too. And the one thing we've known is the Patriots aren't always the best at bringing in skill position players. Yeah, And even now, Kendrick Bourne Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar as your three best receivers is pretty underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I don't make know. a lot of good points. I've, uh, I got Trey Lance number three. My, I, I, this is mostly because of his situation. Like, oh, overwhelmingly, actually. And... Yeah, he's he's a an enigma currently because what he's has has like forty five pass attempts. <laughs> like, I, I I haven't seen a lot of tape on him. He he looks all right. You know he has excellent physical traits, and but you know you got a Kyle Kyle's a good coach, and I think he could bring out the best of Trey Lance. And Trey Lance has the tools, unlike, sorry, Mac. But, yeah, this one's kind of a uh, hoping for the best sort of scenario. Just because, you know, where 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 do you rank someone who may not be ranked, you know? At least in terms of playing time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We might, we might disagree on that one. I got Justin Fields, number four. The physical talent's there, but the level, he's, I don't know, the stack could be different now, could be more. It definitely won't be less. Uh, he had something like 10 interceptions and 12 fumbles through nine or 10 games. I know I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
That's Daniel Jones level turnover rate. That's very high. I mean, we see the physical upside. Dude is fast, especially for his size. He looks like a linebacker, but he's definitely faster than almost every safety in the league. But if you're turning the ball over that much, it's hard to look past the those turnovers and be like, oh, yeah, and fall in love with all that physical upside. It's there. He's young. He'll get a few more years to prove it. And I think Chicago's very passionate fan base. I definitely expect them to move on from Matt Nagy. They should also move on from Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they'll do that, though. Yeah, it's a good situation if they coach that can support Justin Fields. But if he doesn't cut out those turnovers, this could just be another one of those Ohio State quarterbacks gone bad. <laughs> and they have, they have quite a, a track record of that. As do the Bears with uh, incompetence. But Yeah, I have Fields at my number four spot too. And that's because I do like his physical traits. Um, I also do see flashes in there. I, I, I know I keep pointing it out, but the Pittsburgh game, you know, led them down the field, made some big throws, uh, came through. They lost, not because of him. And I, I know he's, he's struggled mightily, but he's had his moments, and I'm hoping that he grows from that. And, yeah, the reason I don't have him higher, though, I, I had him at third originally, and yeah, that, that organization just has not been great. <laughs> uh, regardless of whether they move on from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, do, I, do, do we have the faith that they're going to hire the right guys? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I would if I was a Bears fan. Uh, but they got to get someone in there to, to help them out. Because, yeah, this isn't Ohio State. You're not throwing four verts all game. So, yeah, hoping for the best. I, I, I'm still not negative on him. I'm, I'm positive overall. Uh, fifth, I got Davis Mills. Uh, kind of ironic. He reminds me of a former te- uh, Texans quarterback, Matt Schaub, a guy who was a later-round draft pick. And mm-hmm. actually had a pretty decent career. Uh, pretty sure he still has a... T- oh, Deshaun Watson might have broken this. But at one time, had the season record for passing yards in uh, mm-hmm. franchise history. 500-yard game, I too. think... Yeah, I think that is still a Texans record. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Dave Smith reminds me of Matt Schaub. You know, I mean, I don't expect him to be a game changer or a perennial playoff quarterback but he can lead you to some okay-ish years if you have a pretty damn good defense and a solid running game if you got an Arian Foster kind of guy you know but uh no I think long term Davis Mills looks like a an upper end backup quarterback mm-hmm. uh, if you have to have him start like a Matt Schaub I think he can do okay especially in a quarterback-friendly system like uh, the Browns run or uh, the Niners. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, I like him. I think he's pretty good for where they drafted him. I know the there was an infamous quote about this pick saying that they set the draft pick on fire. I think that that is <laughs> one of the coldest takes. One of the coldest takes of the year because Davis Mills is, looks pretty damn good for a third round pick. Yeah, I got him as my as my five guy too. Only and I I would agree with the the upper end backup. Um, I I haven't to be fair I I really haven't watched him because Texans are a freaking dumpster fire and do do I really want to use my time watching them? No, sorry Texans fans who may or may not be listening. I just I, I can't. But uh, Davis Mills at least looking from what I have seen from him. Uh, mostly what I, the game I watched is the Panthers game. Uh, but overall, I've seen seen some highlights and, uh, you know, took a little stat dive. And it, he looks he looks steady. Uh, I think the ideal scenario is that he's a, a bridge guy. You know, while, while everybody is waiting for quarterbacks to come through the college pipeline and doesn't seem to be like that's going to be the case this year, uh, fuck, the Texans are probably going to be bad for a little while. He might just keep him, you know, in the mix and not, you know, looking like as bad as they could be uh, until they get a guy. So that that seems like a, a solid enough scenario. Uh, last but not least, uh, well, I guess in this case, least, <laughs> Zach Wilson, my sixth quarterback. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot to like. I know there was some comparisons because of the off-platform throwing to Aaron Rodgers. I think it's less Aaron Rodgers-esque, more Jake Plummer-esque when you're talking about these off-platform scramble throws. Jake Plummer had his moments back in the day. I know a lot of guys our age don't know too much about him, uh, but... (laughs) The little brief history, uh, he went to Arizona State, drafted by the Cardinals, did okay, pretty sure he was second-round pick, got to the Mike Shanahan Broncos, truly played his best on the Broncos, but the way I'd describe him would be like a Brett Favre light. So think of Zach Wilson as Jake Plummer light. And that's where I'm at right now when it comes to Zach Wilson. There's there's some to like, but it's pretty alarming. The level of incompetence of the competence of this offense, even with some other standout rookies, Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, both mm-hmm. of those guys look like studs. Mm-hmm. It's just concerning. And there's not those physical traits, the six six, uh size of Trevor Lawrence to fall back on. Zach Wilson looks pretty small out there. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's also my sixth quarterback, you know, drum roll on that one. Only one guy left, but he he has not looked good. Like that that's that's what I gotta say. Like what what's the only game that he, he looks pretty good at? Maybe the Titans game? Uh and then the Jags. Everybody, my my mom could look good at, against the Jags. Come on, like 
not really, but you know what I'm saying. Anyone can, at least in the NFL. Uh, so that that's not indicative of what I think. Yeah, he, he he's just not good. And he also has one of the worst situations. I put second worst. You could argue he has the absolute worst. Uh, and he, he hasn't taken advantage of, of those guys, like you said. Like, they've they've got some blocks around him. Like they, they've been kind of hitting on other picks. And I I just don't know if I if I think he has really that much upside. Like I I just don't think so. So yeah, I don't I'm not not high on on Zach Wilson. <laughs> so I think me me and Zach are in are in tandem on that one for sure. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope you all had some memories and some good times with family and friends and loved ones. And uh, later. Later, guys. Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting a social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different podcasting services including spotify which you're most likely listening to apple podcasts now stitcher uh, like five more check us out on a variety uh we got stickers everywhere slide into our dms on social media engage maybe you want to be on the show let us know we're out there and we're available This has been Fraternal Football. Cam and Zach signing off. This episode is brought to you by How to Pest. Once again, they are good enough for the Lakers. They are good enough for you. Point taken. That's it. That's all you need. Just go hit them up right now. Do it.